Vibe New Mexico. I'm Andrea Michelle. I'm here with Rene Roybal. How are you? I'm doing good. We're already I, having fun. So. I know. You probably can't see my eyes. I have little moon eyes because smiling so much. <laughs> yeah, you're so excited. Rene, I'm excited because you decided to say yes to coming on Vibe New Mexico. And this is the first time we have had somebody who dances and mentors and does amazing things with Baila Floclorico. Yes. And so I'm excited because Baila Ilusión is something that has reached so many hearts and so many little girls who have enjoyed dancing, who have gone on to do amazing things in this beautiful state of New Mexico with dancing. And you yourself are so seasoned in your dancing and you do so much with your dancing You've mentored, you've worked under people. I'm constantly just in awe of you because you have such a gift mm-hmm. with children. You can keep them all just focused. And I, I don't know, I think that's definitely a talent on top of teaching them the dance moves that they do. And for them to go on and look back on those memories of what you've done has been so instrumental within our community. So tell us a little bit about how you started and how all of this began with Baila Ilusión. Well, let's go back. How did you start dancing? Well, I started dancing when I was about five. So where I where I live, where I grew up and was born and raised in El Rancho, we had Los Matachines de El Rancho that my grandpa, mm-hmm. um, a group my grandpa had since the 50s. And so with my dad, just being around that all my life, um, there was a, a portrayal of La Malinche with the Matachines. So that's what I started doing when I was five. I did it for about eight years. And so you get to the point where you're too old to portray that that part in the in the reenactment of um, the Matachina. So I decided to start dancing folklorico, and that's so I was about 13 when I started. That's amazing in Santa Fe. Mm-hmm. So who did you start under? Um, my first teacher for folklorico was Angie Miller. Wow, and she's from Santa Fe, so she's the one who who really kind of gave me the 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 heart for it because she was she. You know, she had a group in Santa Fe, and we would we would practice once a week. And it wasn't like a professional group, but it was just something that we got together. We enjoyed because we would be able to perform at fiestas, and so it was just neat because like we got to be a part of the community. And so that's where I started. Your stage presence is so remarkable. Just when you get out there, you really radiate that just the beauty of what the dance is. And I think it's because you started when you were so young. You learned early how to portray yourself out there. And it's just so graceful. And I'm just always have admired dancers because of the fact that I always wanted to do that. And my mom and dad were always like, no. So when I started learning, it was actually in the schools and they would kind of teach us and stuff like that. Which makes me a little bit sad because those things have kind of died out within our time. So if you guys hear Mm -hmm. popping in the background, we do have a fire going. So we don't have gunshots (laughs) or I don't know. We do live in Spania, but it's not, you know. It's not gunshots, it's, not it's gunshots. a fire. Yeah, it's a fire. But um, just to clarify that. But again, going back to, you know, that time, it was something that was so, I don't know, just intriguing for a lot of young girls at that time. And to see those beautiful dresses and just the way that they went out there. And for the fiestas especially, that's a big part of our community. It's a big part of our upbringing. Mm-hmm. What was your first, first memory of dancing by La Floclorico? Well, my first memory of dancing was being on the stage for the fiestas. I think that was one of my first big performances. And just just the energy you feel and the excitement you feel and seeing people enjoying what you're doing and taking pictures of you and seeing your parents proud of you, I think that's kind of what gave me the encouragement to keep on going. But then I think we went to a a festival or a, I don't know, might have been the state fair in Albuquerque. And I I think it was Baila Baila. And they had some of the most beautiful dresses and dancers. And I saw them on stage and I just saw them and I was like, like in awe. And so that was when I decided that I wanted to go, um, 
because the group in Santa Fe was was good. Don't get me wrong; they were a really good group, but it wasn't like it was just a different level, I guess. So I I think I wanted to take it to another level, not be a professional dancer because we weren't. You know, you really don't go on Broadway and and do this type of dance, but you just you just take it to a different level. And so um, I kind of convinced my parents to take me to Albuquerque to join a group out there. So they would drive me to Albuquerque once or twice a week. Wow. During the week, and we'd go, you know, after they'd get out of work about five, we'd get there about six o'clock in the evening, I'd practice. Um, they'd leave me to practice, and then they'd go run their errands. And then we'd leave, and, you know, we'd come back on the weekends for performances. So I think I was about 16 when we started traveling to Albuquerque for practices. And that's when I just, like, I just really got involved, and I started to just enjoy it and love it so much. So by the time I turned 18... I started teaching in Santa Fe because they had the Boys and Girls Club and they were looking for activities for the young girls. So they were looking for teachers and I didn't know anything about teaching, but I thought, you know, how hard could it be? I mean, I've learned, so I think I can kind of coach these girls. And I think I might have had like 12 students at the time. So that's how I got started teaching when I was 18 years old. And you have about how many now? Would you say you went from 12 to... So there's a lot of girls. There's a lot of girls. So I think the last... Uh, season we performed on the roster including myself we had about 52 girls ranging in ages from four up to my age 46 at the time that was so so amazing just to see all the different ages and everybody loves to see the little ones come out Mm -hmm. but what I think is so amazing is that you're such an and I know this because of experience because the girls are, are also involved but you're such a good teacher and you keep these girls so involved that by the time they're 18, 19, they don't, they either still there with you. Mm-hmm. You have very few who kind of come in and come out or drop out because of the fact that you are just so easy to work with. The girls love you. You're relatable for them and you work at their level. I've never seen you, you know, exclude anybody. You've always been very open to teaching and even saying, you know, if you need a little bit of help and just being there with that one that one dancer that might need a little bit extra help. And I know that because I know like my Annalisa will struggle a little bit with doing stuff and you've given her the confidence to continue to do and it's helped their self-esteem. So it helps in so many different ways. And I've told you this all the time, but what have you seen the biggest blessings that have come out of the dance? Well, I think one of the biggest things for me is that I've been able to have my daughters with me and Mm -hmm. I've seen my oldest one start, you know, she's 21 now. She started when she was a year old. So she started walking in one of my first practices back after I had her. So having her and then now my 10-year-old be with me and be able to learn and be able to do something together. But also seeing girls who started when they were six years old and and dancing up until, you know, they were seniors in high school and only leaving because they went to college, not leaving because they didn't like it or they didn't enjoy it or they didn't, you know, want to be in the group. They They left just because... They were literally going off to college, but would come back for the summer and try to do as much as they could. So I think the blessing for me is that they want to come back. They want to be a part of it and they enjoy it and they miss it, you know, when they're not doing it during the off season between, what is it, October and March or April when we take a break, like they want to come back. So, And you know what else I like is the fact that it's preserving that culture of a lot of these dances that you don't hear of anymore. A lot of these songs that bring back memories even for the viejitos or the viejitas that are sitting there listening. And, you know, these are songs that they might have even danced back in the day during one of their dances. And you don't see that anymore, especially. And it's kind of preserving that and putting culture back into, you know, our youth. What are some of the oldest songs that you can think of that you guys actually dance? Hmm. God, well, and I know this probably isn't, like a traditional song for northern New Mexico or any New Mexican, but the very first dance I learned was La Bruja, the mm. dance with the candle. Mm-hmm. I think the first time I performed it, I was 16 years old. Wow. And I'm 46 now. So, and I've kept it a part of our, a part of our performance almost like every year. And I teach it to every group as they move up because, you know, it, it may be an old song for me, and some of the older ones are like, oh, I don't like doing that dance anymore. Like, we've done it for so many years. But when the little ones are moving up, it's something that they that they look forward to because they're like, oh, my God, like, that's something the, the bigger girls do right. because they get to put the candle on their head, and, and they, they balance it, and it just it's just such a beautiful 
uh, dance and, and it takes a lot of practice. And I think it, it shows that you're advancing to the next level. And so that's one of the songs that we've done. I mean, and I've had Baile Ilusión for 20 years. We've literally done it since day one. I think it was one of our first dances and it's still part of our, a part of our performance every year. And it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's one of my older ones. But um, like in, as far as like traditional northern New Mexico dances, the polkas are probably some of the only ones that we do that are more like part of our right. our culture and our, you know, because we, we've danced those here. And right. And it's so amazing to see when they hear that song, even if they're not dancing, it brings back that memory of, for the girls that dance, <gasps> I dance that song or even, you know, mm -hmm. and then you make it fun for them. You also use like other songs. Do you choreograph your own dances or is it something that you learn mm, it's a little bit of both so as I started of course everything I I danced is what what was taught to me but you know you 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 attend conferences you train you you learn from your you know your teachers and your instructors and your professors and they kind of teach you how to how to make it your own and so you can take a dance and you can sort of change it or, or make it a little more contemporary not so traditional and and sort of change it to make it your own you can change a choreography so it doesn't have to be exactly the way you learned it you know 20 years or 30 years ago so some of it's mine some of it's not some of it's new some of it's old and you know some of it's a little bit of both La Negra we've been doing for since I was 16 again yeah at the, the same same and, dance and that is a song that is you know danced by so many different dancers and it's mm -hmm. a very traditional song and you always will see it either ending or you know with a lot of the performances mm -hmm. what would you say is the funnest dance that you've had the opportunity of dancing oh god there's so many there's um i love the the Jalisco dances just because of the skirt work oh. but there's the calabaciado the the dances in the they're, they're more um you know you don't have all the skirt work but you have a lot of footwork and it's just fun because it gets the crowd involved and when they see like your feet moving and your your leg twirling they just it seems to excite them more than just the traditional skirt work or stomping those dances you know with the cowboy hats and you just kind of get the crowd mm -hmm. going those seem to bring a lot more interaction and then we do this we do this dance where it's like a competition between two groups so one group will go up they'll do their piece and then the second group will go up and try to do it better and then the other girls will throw money in the middle and like you know let's see who can do it better and then the crowd like I think the first time we did that the crowd started rolling up dollar bills and throwing it into the middle Wow. Like, it, I think it got like them. Kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the little kids were going up. And so as the season went by, and it was, you know, a lot of times it's the same parents, same kids, but they just like being able to go and roll up those dollar bills and throw them in the middle. And you think about throwing money at dancers, it's not that type of dancing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun because the kids really like to to just be a part of it. And so, God, I think one performance, we made over $200. Wow. And so all the girls were taking off their hats and throwing the money. And I was like, ah, oh, 50 bucks, 60 bucks, you know, it'll be a little bit for us to put towards costumes or whatever. And I think when all the girls unfolded the dollar bills, we found 20s, wow. 10s, and of course, you know, fives and ones. So it was, it was cool. It, it, it just nice to know that people want to contribute and they don't mind throwing a $20 bill in. Well, you know, what I've always noticed, and I noticed this because we perform, is that if you're a performer, maybe you'll get a couple people sit there and listen to you. Mm -hmm. When the dancers are there, everybody's around because everybody wants to see the colors, the presentation, the just everything about the dancers is alluring and beautiful and just it's just a beautiful art. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it, it alerted me to when I was little. I really loved it and and we got to participate here and there in school, but never to that extent. So it was something that I always wanted my girls to experience. And you know, I'm so happy that that they did get to experience this. Getting to COVID was a really big setback for mm -hmm. a lot of us. But this year, you would be celebrating the 20, 2020 would have been your 20 year, year of celebration. What were your plans? And maybe what are your plans now after COVID or not after COVID? But, you know, now that things start to kind of get a little bit more relaxed and hopefully we start to gather again. What are some expectations or hopes that you have for Bailo Ilusión? 
Well, this year in 2020, my, my big hope was, of course, to have just our, our regular season and kind of go about doing our shows like we, we had in the past. But my my big event that I was planning was a big 20-year celebration, yeah. and we were going to do a big event, like a big, like a gala yeah. at the at Buffalo Thunder, and I wanted all the girls to come dressed up, and I just, I wanted everybody, all the family, all the parents, all the parents and family, aunts and uncles, grandpas and grandmas, brothers and sisters that come to our performances to be at this gala dressed up and, you know, just to have everybody there to celebrate and enjoy, enjoy just a big celebration. And I mean, you know, we had a, a fundraiser mm-hmm. while you were there. Mm-hmm. It was a Frito pie dinner, just something very it simple. Was amazing. We had over 600 people. You guys performed. Yes. Carlos performed. And we couldn't even fit the people in the I building. Know. So had I known it was going to be that big of a success, I probably would have gotten a big ballroom or had it like in the backyard <laughs> where we could fit say. 600 people. That's what I was going to say. There's yeah. so many people. People were lined up outside. I know. Wanted to get in. They were past capacity and it just, it was just a good time. And, you know, for that event, it was so neat because like people even had their like campers outside and for us adults, we got to We had a VIP lunch. Yeah, we did. The RV. It was was fun. My aunt was totally drunk. She went in there and got people in headlocks. I had a good time. It was a good time. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way we do it here in Northern New Mexico. But the thing is, is that we had one hell of a support system for our kids and I think that's what's so amazing about that and I think that's what I've come to love about the group is it's not just about the dancing getting the kids up on stage because you can have a group of 10 kids be a professional group be like the total dance mom or the total stage mom but (laughs) you know that that kind of takes the fun out of it I like that we can have all the kids there all the parents there and a lot of times like when people ask us to perform they'll say well we're going to put you guys last because you have such a big group and you bring tons of parents and tons of people like so the audience looks you know 10 times bigger than what it really is because you bring all of their all of your kids family so you have 50 dancers times two parents well that alone is 100 people so you know we have we do have a large we're very fortunate to have a large support group and I have an amazing manager (laughs) we have a big following we do we have we have amazing parents and uh and brothers and sisters and and two we have sisters who dance together yours for mm-hmm. example jojo and analicia and you know my two daughters who are sisters and we've we've had a lot of girls who are sisters and so it's it's very family oriented it's so exciting like the energy is so intense the turn around to get them dressed and back out there if yeah. especially if you're trying to get to them ready <laughs> oh, I'm like, I know. so i don't know some of those days i had called him like i don't think i can do this because we would be double booked or yeah but i really just didn't want the girls to miss out on that because of the fact that it was it's such an amazing experience for them and you've been able to just provide such an amazing thing hi everyone this is Jeanette marie Thank you for listening to Vibe New Mexico. I hope you all can join us for our special podcast with myself and Andrea. Thank you all for your support and for listening. No hay nadie igual como tú. Eres mi cielo y mi luz. La fe que me hace creer que todo puedo vencer. Um, what are some of the most I know you've danced also, not just with your group, but also solo, and you've danced for some prestigious artists. What are some performances that you can remember that you actually participated in? I know you've helped out Antonio. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's one of our favorite performers to Isn't dance for. because he, he Well, he's just fun, and he just really appreciates us, and he always wants to work together. So he'll, ahead of time, give us songs that he's thinking of doing, and he'll send us a, a song, and he'll say, hey, I want you to choreograph a dance to this so we've done a few a few fun dances that we probably wouldn't have normally danced to mm-hmm. but he's given us the music ahead of time so we've performed them at his um at his events so that's always fun just doing something he's different. very professional yeah but he's fun yeah and he's he's uh he's very professional he's fun but he's also he's very giving and he's very you know if, if you do good for him he's always going to invite you back and yeah he's just been really good to our girls he was on vibe new mexico it's been a while, but 
I swear I just sat here and let him talk and listen to him. And I was just <laughs> always impressed. Like he's had so much experience mm-hmm. on big stages with a lot of very prestigious artists. And he's very humble and yeah. he knows where he came from. And I think that was so like nice to sit there and listen. So I can see him treating, you know, anybody who participates in anything really well. And anytime that we've gotten to see you dance, it brings life to a performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the awards, it was for Santi, Santiago. Santiago Alberto. And uh-huh. he's so amazing. And we've known him since he was a little boy with his mama. Mm-hmm. And he's just such, a, he's another one that's just so sweet. Yeah, he's very so kind. kind. And you performed and danced for, was it the awards? We danced for the awards show. And then um, we danced with him for the Santa Fe Opera. He uh, right. He was their headliner. So we had done... A couple of songs with him and he was just so appreciative of the work we did and you know he's very professional so he he had high expectations and so of course we were really nervous and we just wanted to make sure that we did the best job that we could do but he uh he was so thankful for us just being on stage with him and when we were all done and we were backstage he was he was just you know so thankful and so kind to the girls and you know a lot we we've danced for mariachis before and they've just been like oh they're dancers and they say thank you and it's kind of like you know quick and they say thank you and goodbye but he was different he was very you know he came and talked to all the girls and he was just super super thankful for our our performance you know and you get that sometimes and especially with the mariachis because i used to perform with the mariachis and um well, at They're that same hard. performance, we danced with Carlos, yeah. Carlos Medina, well, our, that's our good, good, good Carlos. friend. We love Carlos, but he, we, I did a video with Carlos um, that Meow Wolf produced, and so when he performed it at the opera, I got to perform on yes. stage. With him. That was awesome because it was just everybody was excited to see Carlos, and then you just see like a dancer roll out for ten seconds, and it was just like the coolest thing because they cheered and it was. You know, I got goosebumps, and it was cool. Aww. It was really neat. And I, we love Carlos, and every time that we've been able to, well, wanted to go and see the performance, we never could go. Yeah. It was always like a well, bummer. Well, you guys were always busy. You and guys I was like, always... shit. So I had to see it on Facebook. Oh. So I got to see it on Facebook, and I always get so proud of you. <laughs> I know. And you know what's funny? Because when I went out, you know, you, I was so nervous because it was such a big crowd. I don't remember really even hearing the music. I just know Carlos put his hand out, and that was my cue to go out and I danced with him for all of 20 seconds and uh my daughter recorded it Aww. so I it was almost like a blur to me and when I came out and I watched I was like oh, so awesome I told Christina she should do some dancing with you guys. I know I'm trying to I wish I could get her to dance with us <laughs> when we get the podcast going with her I want to talk with her but just on her side of the how it is for her on her side because she's so laid back she's yeah. like yeah you know what I mean mm-hmm. but you know to me when a performer can go out of their way and not just look at, that's what I was saying, at a dancer's, it's just a dancer. Because we sat a lot for the um, spectacular. Because mm-hmm. they would have everybody break out in two different, you know, sections and they had the dancers. And the dancers, what brought life to the song. Like, the song was beautiful. But when the dancers would come out, it was just like, wow. It was like watching a concert Mm -hmm. it brings life to the song and so to be appreciative of that fact that they're giving life and vitality to that performance but it i mean in reality that's like really an important part of it especially for one of those concerts to come out and give that kind of color life and vibrance to a performance and it's dance is very very important Mm -hmm. and i don't think people realize sometimes i mean it's obvious when you go to a fiesta that's one thing that people want to watch is like the dancers because of the fact that it brings that energy and all of this camaraderie of people dancing together and these beautiful girls and women just kind of give this essence of beauty. To well, the- I remember when I was younger, the, like the biggest thing for fiestas for me was watching the dancers. Anytime there yes. was dancers on stage, yes. you know, we'd be walking around the plaza, we'd have something to eat and we'd listen to the music. But when dancers came on stage, I always ran to the stage. Right. That was like my thing. So I think when I'm on stage and I see people kind of migrating over to the stage and the crowd gets bigger and bigger and we see 
like a sea of people. To me, that that just makes me feel like, okay, we've done our job. We've we've gotten the crowd's attention and we're doing well enough that people are staying interested instead of watching like the first few minutes and then be like, eh, they're okay and leaving. Like I, I've, I've watched performances and watched the audience and I see people sticking around for the entire thing. So to me, that's important because I know they, they enjoy it. Yes, yes, yes. I think that like... For me, that's the same thing. I can sit there and watch the dancers and be entertained. And then there's, I'm not trying to like be mean, but some performers and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to hear brown eyed girls for 15 times (laughs) over and over. And I think that's important too. Like I try to change our dances every year and the girls are like, oh my God, we have to learn more dances. It's so exhausting. Well, it is. And, and, and I, for me, it's like, I want to see them learn something new and not do the same thing year after year after year because that's too easy then they don't have anything to think about but you give them something that's challenging something harder for them to learn every year and it's like they really have to step up their game and that's when you know like okay she's really focused and interested and she's she really wants to do well so she she practices and she comes to practice every week and she does a good job you know and that's not only that it's so important because it gives them this you know encouragement and they're proud of themselves and it gives them that desire to want to try and, and stay focused. And it's mm-hmm. a good, especially like I told you. For What's for, it's good for self-confidence. There you go. Self-confidence. Yeah. Because yeah. I had a little girl who started, I think she started when she was about five or six. And the first three performances, she would not go up on stage. We couldn't get her to go up on stage. <laughs> she'd get dressed and she'd stand there. She'd, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then she would never make it on stage. And I always wondered, like, is she okay? And her mom said, oh, she's just shy. She's kind of breaking out of her shell. Well, I think by the fourth or fifth performance, she finally got up on stage and she's been with me now for five years. And her mom said like her, her self-confidence level has Mm, gone up and she's just not, she's more bubbly and more, Mm -hmm. um, she's not as, as like shy. She just has kind of come out of her shell. I can totally testify to that as a mom standing from this point. Like that was like Jojo, she doesn't have a problem. Yeah, no, Jojo's. Jojo's. Like, and Annalise is like kind of like that little girl. She It takes her a long time. It's like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't want people looking at me. I'm scared or whatever it is. And she had a hard time getting out there. But even with her therapist, they're like, what do you have her doing? That's just helped her so much. I'm like, baila folklorico. And they're like, don't stop. That's yeah. the best therapy that she could have. And not just for the physical therapy part of it, but for the self-confidence mm-hmm. and all of that. You're giving, you know, you're providing this where little girls are being confident and they're going out there and they're able to, you know, feel good about themselves. And that's important in this day yeah. and age. You know, I believe because too many times I think our little girls get a wrong image or a false image of something that's beautiful or acceptable or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. they see too many things out there. They're influenced very heavily through other things. And when they can see that there's this positive aspect to be noticed and achieving something. And it's attainable. It's not. Then they feel like, exactly. Like something, and it's that's something out of that's reach. just an amazing thing. That's why I really wanted to do this podcast, especially with you, because you've been doing this for so long. But a lot of the time too, like even for, you know, us as artists or and the music we come against a lot, I think, as our as a people, <laughs> there was this thing that even though the white man, the black man, they can all kind of support each other. But like the Hispanic on Hispanic, sometimes we pull each other down. We don't support each other the way that we probably should as brothers and sisters in you know in the culture. And sometimes there's a lot of that envidia. There's a lot of that lack of camaraderie or working together and it's hard you know standing from being in the performing part of it I'm sure you see that Mm -hmm. even with dancing and people don't realize that we'll sit here and it'll come up with every podcast where they're like oh yeah I go through this or go through that too much competition there's a lot of competition but it's something we have to work through and we learn to work through and we have to stay focused on our game as we've talked about before. But people don't realize that it comes with everything, even dance. Have you experienced that with you, especially with being such a you know, a successful woman doing what you're doing? Have you come against a lot of opposition? Well... Yeah, I I have to say yes. I mean, just without a doubt, there's been there's other groups. I mean, there's other uh, groups that are better. There's other groups that are, you know, brand new and 
doing, you know, bigger performances. And of course, I always think like, oh, I wish we could have done that one. But at the same time, maybe I just didn't have the right contact. Or maybe, you know, I'm too far north and they're in Albuquerque, they're more central. And, and they were called upon and they didn't know about me. So I have to always take into consideration all those factors and, and not get down because, well, I didn't get that performance. Or oh, why didn't they call me for this one? But everybody is out there doing the same thing. And there's always going to be somebody better than you. And it just, it what it does for me is it makes me work harder. And I'm, I may not go out for all those big performances and be like, oh, I'm going to get that big mariachi conference. You know, if I get called for seven performances throughout the state and they only get called for one big performance, I feel like I've done well because we got called for more, maybe not the biggest one, but we got, I mean, we'll do 10, 12 shows this summer. And to me, I think that's a success because... They call us, they ask for us, they want us back every year. I don't have to call and say, can we please dance? Or, Are you sure you don't need dancers? They always, they're always very good about like, oh, we want you back. And I just feel like the invitation for us to go means more than anything because they like us enough to have us back. Right. And they respect their group enough to say, hey, we want that group back. We right. don't make a ton of money. We don't ever, you know, make thousands. And it's just not, you know, that's not the type of business it is. It's more for the exposure for the girls and to get them out there and just to give them something to learn and to be proud of and to say, hey, I went on stage and I did two dances or I only got to do one today, but I did really good at it. And it just brings up their self-confidence and it makes them feel good about themselves. That's awesome. And I like the way you put that. Like you could do seven gigs and opposed to one big one and you feel like this, you're you're happy with that. And that's the truth of it, you know? Where one door closes, others will open. And mm-hmm. as long as you're doing things with the right intention, those things will fall into place. Yeah. But it's really difficult, I think, around here sometimes to stay focused on that. And I'm glad you said that. So a lot of times people will be like, oh, no, 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 no. And they get caught up in the competition of it. And they don't see, you know, that it's it's there's a bigger picture to it. And mm-hmm. not only that, but the fact that you even said... You know, it's not just, or it's not just in music, it's in dancing, it's in cooking, it's in whatever you aspire to do. It keeps people focused on their art and it keeps people hopefully positive about going further and pushing, you know, down those boundaries or whatever it is that they need to in order to continue doing what they do. So, but you know, one thing I have to say, it wasn't last year because, you know, COVID obviously hit, we didn't get to perform, but the year before we worked together with two other groups and we did this big, huge production um, called Traditions. And I think that's been a first for a lot of groups in the state because groups are very competitive and, and you probably see it in music. We see it in dance. I mean, I'm sure it happens in sports and everywhere, every you know type of activity. But we we collaborated with two other groups, one from Albuquerque and one from Santa Fe. And we put together this really big show, and we worked together. We kind of um, created this agenda that we wanted to to show all different regions of of Mexico, and we wanted to you know do our dances each as an individual group and then come together and do one dance together as a group and so it's not about the competition but it's about it's about the purpose and it's about just learning to work together and not being like oh they're my competition or we're better than them it's it's all different levels and if you have the heart for it you can pull it together and everybody can be on the same page and not not it be about competition. I love that. So we had, I think at one point, probably about 80, 80 dancers wow. on stage. So it was really cool. We that had it at cool. the um, Hispanic Cultural Center. And the second, the first show was a was a matinee. So that was like our, our test run. And then the second one, we had uh, the newspaper there. We had, I mean, the, the, the second show was sold out. So it was awesome. We That's brought everybody cool. together. Three different groups, so it was kind of cool that we all got to work together. That's neat. I love that you brought people together, that people came together to work to accomplish something very positive for, mm-hmm. you know, just the community to be able to see something. And, you know, there's a lot of downfalls to that, whatever competition or whatever people say it is. Mm-hmm. But I think we're fortunate, too, in New Mexico music. We come together and we do a lot of that. We have our friends that we can support one another, and we do a lot of things that, 
you know, bring unity as well when fiestas or whatever it is. You know, there's there's people who make it a little bit more difficult, but those mm-hmm. are kind of like, yeah, you know. they're they're there's not enough of them to to you know in comparison forces to, to right to stuff. We in continue. comparison to those people who are very advocates or the, that they really support the music, and that's important. Mm-hmm. As far as the matachines, you know, you go back all the way back to history where the matachines were something that were very traditional and very sacred to our people. And you continue to carry on through that. For you, dancing with the matachines was something that, in essence, that you took from that, that developed not just the love for dancing, but that love of your tradition and your culture that you exemplify today, do you think? I think what what it helped me with was just the idea that I want to pass this down. What, whatever type of dance it is. I mean, it could be jazz, it could be tap, it could be, you know, ballroom, anything. It's just something you learn, something you sort of, um, you kind of hone your skill and then you just pass it down. And so I'm sure it's like with singing, you and Jojo. You know, I'm sure Jojo sees you and the girls see you. Right. And they want to continue doing it. So when I started dancing the Matachinas when I was f- five, it just seeing the groups of people that would gather around, we'd perform at Las Colondrinas, on the plaza, there in El Rancho at the the old El Rancho bar and that's where we would get like two three hundred people believe it or not in such a small little community for New Year's Day we'd perform there every year and that to me just like meant so much because it was our community and it was it was my dad it was my grandpa was my uncles it was my sister and so all the men that would that were performing all the wives were there and so it was just very family oriented and so I think what was important to me is that my sisters did it and then I did it so they passed it down to me kind of and then um, as I got older my daughter did it Kaylee did it so Christiana uh, you know unfortunately it kind of stopped when my grandpa passed away Christiana was only two years old but that was something that she has just wanted to do so bad she wanted to portray the um, the Malinche and I've told her you know I'm not going to let it die I know my grandpa passed away eight years ago and my dad is still alive and my uncles are still alive but there's there's a younger generation that I think we can bring into the picture and I actually put something out on Facebook to see who would be interested in 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 kind of bringing it back to life and sort of resurrecting the entire group you know maybe not the original dancers but new dancers and just the portrayal of, of the entire of the entire idea but I, I had a lot of good positive feedback in people who wanted to continue oh, yeah. and so of course Christiana was like well mom can I dance the Malinche part and I said well of course you know I mean if it's something that you're very interested in doing because you don't ever want to force them to do it Mm -hmm. you don't ever want to say you're going to dance this and or you're going to portray this part and and whether you like it or not and so I think that's what made me feel good was that they wanted to do it and so eventually um you know I I would really like to bring that back to life because I think it was such an important an important part of of not just our culture and our traditions but of our community because it was something that my grandpa did for, God, like 50, 60 years almost. There's a lot of people that might not even be familiar with the Matachines in the best way possible. Can you kind of explain, like, the Malinche? Can you explain, like, Well, the Malinche the was, was um, oh, God, I've, I've probably forgotten a lot of it by now. But I need to kind of go back and do my, reread my history. But um, the Malinche is the, the mistress of Cortez. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it's very it's a very religious dance. It's it's um it comes from Spain and it's um God Cortez. I, I'd have to kind of go back and redo my history, so I I you know I don't want to misspeak. But it's um it's a very religious dance, and it's it you know involves Christianity and the Moors and um, Cortez and his his followers and the the monarca is like the leader and so he has all of his matachinas who are kind of like his soldiers so it's sort of a portrayal of of that and his followers and 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 how he he led he led that group of people and the malinche was actually a very young girl so it's it's his his mistress essentially is what it is and so she she portrays a part and and then they do um they do dances like one of them's called um La Cruz, and so they do an entire piece where they form, they form the two, the two lines into a cross, and so that kind of moves with 
throughout the dance and it's choreographed just so where the cross sort of moves into different formations. And so I've actually taken that choreography and put it into my folklorico. There's a dance we call we do called Fandango, it's a Veracruz, and we take the cross and we move it like they did in the Matachina. So there's some things that I've kind of pulled, you know, into into the dance that we do now. That's so cool because you're incorporating something that's a little bit, you know, more your ideas as long and as well as keeping the tradition of what you've known from what you learned when you were younger, which well, is what important. I, what I learned from my grandpa, my grandpa was such a stickler for the costumes and the way the guys would line up and, and when they'd get ready to perform, he would make sure that the lines were straight, that the the monarca and the captains and all of the, the dancers in between formed straight lines and when they when they would walk through the crowd, they had to stay like in perfect formation, almost like, like military. And if their costumes were falling or if something was like not pinned right, he would walk up to them and he'd fix it. And so my grandpa was a stickler for, for the costumes. And so I, I don't know. And it could be that that's where I picked it up from. So I'm always like when the girls go up on stage, if they have something falling or if their dress isn't right, or if they have socks on with their shoes, I'm like, no. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm always that like, might have been one of mine <laughs> pink socks under white shoes yeah, no it could have been no, no honestly like that's such an amazing you know we we think the matachin is and not a lot of people even know what that is and mm-hmm. that's sad because cool. that's a tradition of who we are as a people well i know bernalillo has a big group they and do. every year they do they i mean they even have they have such a large group i think they have tryouts or i mean something similar to and they portray them in like museums, and we've mm-hmm. seen, yeah, the New Mexico folk, folk museum. We've seen pictures of the Bernalillo. Yeah. So it's it's you know it's just nice that people are keeping it keeping it going and keeping the traditions and just going barely. That's the sad thing, honestly. Like I think that's part of the whole thing is keeping the tradition alive. And with the Matachinas, you see them in Acalde, you see them in you see them in Bernalillo, you see them through the times, like especially during. Um, the like what is it for New Year's mm-hmm. El Año Nuevo what is the one over there that they call in uh, Acalde yeah I can't think but they have the Matachinas they come out and what's so cool I'm gonna share a little like ghost story <laughs> I don't know if I should do it here but anyways um, it wasn't that long ago that a, a primo of Anthony's had taken a picture during that time and the Matachinas were dancing and he took this picture and he put it on social media and then he freaked out and he took it down. But what was so crazy about that picture is he had taken the picture and the of the Matachinas and it was like night. Um, is They would dance at night. It was at night, wasn't it? It was, had to have been at night because what you could see, it was the craziest thing. I wish there was the picture was still around. But he said after taking that picture, bad things started happening. I don't know. Here we were getting into folklore and whatever but there was a you could see spirits in this like picture they're dancing the matachinas are dancing you took the picture and you could see like people in ghost images standing in back that had manteles and they had there was like a it looked like a demon coming out and then it looked like an angel that was gonna battle and i was thinking to myself holy crap it was there on like one of the most you know very renowned spiritual ground there in Acalde. I don't know if it was in front of the church or exactly where, but I could not believe this picture that he put on social media. And there was no way that it was photoshopped because, I mean, you could literally see the people, you could see some people that were just there in the photograph, but you could see people standing next to them that I'm thinking maybe ancestors or they were spirits or whatever, Mm -hmm. but you could almost see like there was like, it looked like the craziest like bat thing coming out of the sky and then it looked like this big angel the kind of coming in opposite end and you could see other people standing around and it was just so interesting because we don't think and i guess the point that i'm trying to get to is we don't think that like sometimes we watch something and we appreciate it for the beauty it is but we don't realize even in dance that there's such a spiritual element to what is happening well there's a reason for for that dance being done whatever it is there's a story behind it exactly and so so well like like a song yeah like la bruja there's a reason that you dance with the candle on your head it's not just for pretty 
it's because, you know, in, in the state of Veracruz, when the men would be fishing on the shore, the women would carry the food to their men who were out fishing on the shore. And so they would light the way with a candle on their, on their head. So in, in the evening, they would look like little witches floating. Wow. And so, so there's... There's, There's crazy story. stories to everything. And what else? Like, share with us a little bit more. Like, what other stories can you share as far as the dances and the lineage and the story behind it? Oh, God. Let's see. Like in Veracruz, um, the tarimas that they dance on. They would dance on these wood blocks because they didn't have stages because it was kind of wet, grassy area. So they would dance on the on the boxes. So there, there's like a reason for for each dance being done the way that it's done in Sinaloa. Um, it's like the banda music, like the the big tubas and you know um, what are these trombones? trombones. And it's and it's just very lively music and and the dresses are full of flowers and it's just, it's like a like a what do they call it like um, carnaval like um, Mardi Gras yeah. kind of. So there's there's a style and a, and a reason for every costume and every every region every dance so it's once you really get into it and start doing your research even like the veracruz there's there's like the old um antiguo is it's like antique um veracruz where it was heavily influenced by like cuban music and so it there's a, a completely different style of music for that and it's 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 almost like like a little salsa a little bit of but there was a black ancestry also. Wow. So when you take into consideration like all of the, the the lineage that it goes back, there's there's so many different reasons for it being the style that it is. And and looking the way it looked. You know, like you you know, Aunt Jemima. I mean everybody knows Aunt Jemima mm-hmm. with the the bandana around mm-hmm. her head. Well when you when you do the research on, on like Veracruz, the the old style they wear they wear the little bandana on their head like Aunt Jemima. I wow. mean, so it's just the, the, the style of music and the, the, the way it's performed is there's, there's a reason for, for and that. What's so amazing is how we're all tied into one, mm-hmm. how we can segregate and separate each other and not realizing that we're actually all really tied in mm-hmm. and we all have, we all have this lineage and we all have this history that kind of ties together and yet people still separate themselves from each other and how dance really is something that brings people together, whether it's at, you know, a concert or it's at, you know, a fiesta or it's at a baile. Mm-hmm. These people come together to celebrate. So it's a remembrance, a celebration and lighter times and all of this, you know, gathering to unify one another. Well, and it's what you feel. I mean, you don't have to dance uh, ranchera the way we normally do. I mean, right. I've seen people at fiestas who <laughs> who aren't Norteños or aren't from northern New Mexico yeah. and they're dancing it a little differently but to each his own and as long as they're having a good fun. time. And they're still unified with every. That's like yeah. us. We went to one year for Mother's Day we went to the casino when the casinos were still doing the dances. We went on Sunday. I think it was Mother's Day. And we went because they were having tacos and they had like the Mexicano like the banda we had so much fun <laughs> and there's people, I guess, that they just wandered in there and they're like chimayosos or I don't know what. And they're like, and these people are doing like 45. They didn't know. There's everybody else is going in like a uniform line mm-hmm. and they're just all over the place all bumping the place. into people. <laughs> no, it's funny. I mean, like even even some of the dances that we do, the the calabaciado, mm-hmm. we went to a quinceanera. And all of a sudden, Pavido Navido came on. And I'm like, oh, we danced to that song. And everybody, everybody was on the dance floor. And they were kicking up their high heels and their little skirts. And I was like, oh, my God, they're having a good old time. And right. here, to me, it was just a dance we performed. But it's really, like, part a of their dance. history. That's it's part their of their, their, their sangre. Yeah, that's, that's like, to us, that's a ranchera for us. That's so it's so cool. cool. It's really cool to see that. Again, it brings people together. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it doesn't matter what part of Mexico you're originally from. Or it's what all, part of, you we're know, all whether you're Mexico or New Mexico. <laughs> Mexican, New Mexican, Spanish, still, you know, European, yeah, it's you're, all, it's we're all combined. And that's what's in. so amazing about folklorico music mm-hmm. is it ties in all those essence of culture mm-hmm. 
for this amazing, beautiful performance. And we're bringing the youth in there, realizing how much fun and how connected they are to the community. And it just comes full circle into this amazing experience for them. And not only that, just an appreciation for somebody like you that takes the time with these little girls, because that is not an easy job. <laughs> I'm like, how does she do this three days out of the week until I don't know what time and four days out of the week? See, COVID was probably a big like, whoa, for you moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's called 15 pounds. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> no, it, it was kind of, it was hard. I mean, it was for uh, in the beginning, it was like. Oh well, we'll we'll eventually get to it. Three months in, four months in, I'm like, oh, I don't think we're gonna get to it. And it was it was kind of sad there for a while. Like the fiesta season came through, and it was like yeah. it's not gonna happen. And so it was kind of it was kind of sad. I missed it. I COVID missed it took a lot. a lot away, but hopefully it helped us plan for the future, mm-hmm. so that we can continue to go forward and make these amazing future performances and and reconnections and all of that fun stuff and. Well, what people don't realize is there's so many parts to the dance group. There's, there's the the husbands, there's the wives, right. and there's the kids. The kids perform. The wives are in there sweating, and the husbands <laughs> are out there drinking. I so know. When we say when we say it's a family <laughs> event, it's family friendly. We mean that in every sense of the word. Right. I loved it when I first walked in there. But I, I think sometimes the, the moms are sweating more than the dancers because yeah, the dancers go on stage, true. they get the fresh air and they're moving. The moms are in those hot tents, right. you know, it's sweating, it's hanging true. up costumes and they walk out and they're, they're dripping sweat and the girls are like, mom, where's my dress? And the yeah. men are out there shooting oh, back there's shots. There's been times and- we've been in the back of the, like, where the tent is trying to like put another dress on holding up a jacket it's like you learn to improvise oh quick. i've changed a dress under a dress like i pull <laughs> yeah. the skirt up to my neck and change under and then pull the <laughs> skirt off and i have a new dress on and we we've gotten like costume changes down to a minute flat it's crazy. in and out in and out we and know i'm how like to, how am i gonna do this i know you but get better after the year you do you really do it's amazing you know anthony was helping me and then he was like nah and then he was like you can't help me you have to be back there mm-hmm. and he's like thank you <laughs> I know. It's like send all the men with Ambrose because they'll get buzzed and they won't know that they've just spent three and hours I'm, at a performance. I know, and then here I'm all stressed out. And then we're like ah, at each other at the end of the night. Get me a fucking hamburger. <laughs> I know. I think one of my worst performances was one night where we were dancing at the fiestas, and we've never really danced in the evening. Like when it's already getting dark, we've always done our daytime performances. And one of the moms brought me a, a bottle of tea, but it didn't have tea in it. <laughs> It that had was, fireball. That was probably a fun And I only took I only took maybe two or three shot sips of it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that much, but it was enough to get me a little buzz. Well, I accidentally pulled up the wrong version of a song, so we're up on stage, and it was um, so. There's a song, El uh, Toro, and it, I played the Selena version instead of the Mariachi Los Divas version. Oh. And the girls knew the difference right away, but I had my little buzz, and I was like why aren't you dancing? Why aren't these girls moving? And Kaylee's giving me this look like, mom, what are you doing? And I had the wrong song. So it took me about 10 seconds to realize it. And I had to run off stage and go fix the song and come back on stage and put it back on. And the girls were, I mean, they, I think they were embarrassed because they were like at a standstill because they couldn't do that version. They didn't know that version. It sounded completely different. But once we got it going, they were like, okay. And I was like, you guys, it's okay. Like, that was our first song. We still have four more dances to go, like, throughout the hour. You can redeem yourself. And so we finished off strong, but that was one of the... See, the, you noticed that, but, like, the audience probably had no clue. Well, you know? once they saw our faces, they were like, oh, yeah, something's going on. <laughs> <laughs> she should... That could have been your total Lucy moment. I Just, had like, a, whatever. Oh, just started yeah. doing... What the, whatever. I was ready to... Here's one that my manager just reminded me of. <laughs> We were performing at the fiestas again, and we were dancing. It was pre-fiestas. We were dancing on the the bottom. We weren't even on the stage, and um, the music stopped. And the guy who was doing the music accidentally hit a button, and the music stopped. And they were doing, I think it was the same dance, but it was um, Relampago or El Toro, and it's nothing but footwork, all footwork. And these girls knew this dance like the back of their hand. Well, the music stopped, and they kept on going. And the, the sound guy is like, 
do you want me to turn it back on? And I said, you know what? They're already like 30, 40 seconds in. And it sounded so perfect. Like their footwork was just on point. Oh, they, wow. they hadn't missed a beat. They just kept on going. And so I told the guy, don't even turn it back on. Just let them finish. They did the rest of the song, probably a good two minutes without music. And they got a standing ovation. The, wow. the crowd was just like, like so amazed that they finished it without any music. So I've taught my girls that when the music stops, you keep going. That's, That's why you don't, you don't follow somebody. You have to know it up right. here. That's true. Memorize it. That way, you know, if there's any That's a good teacher. problems. Or I and this is up. how dance practices are every night. We always have fun. I always doesn't try. matter the group. Doesn't matter right. the group of parents. Kids are in and out of practice. Parents are there. You know, I'm into in practice teaching, and all the parents are outside talking, laughing, and having a good time. And come Thursday, practices are done. We have a break on Friday, and then performances all weekend. And it's like our time together. It's so fun. We go to we you go know, eat, we go party, we go have barbecues. There's times I'm like, oh, when we're so busy with Divino, I'd be like, well. Like, you know, I'd hear you guys would get together with Christina and Carlos and I'd be like, I want to go hang out. And it's like being busy. So like yeah. COVID gave us a chance to kind of like step back and take a breath. But yeah. at the same time, we're like sick for it. We're like, <gasps> I just want to dance. Yeah, I just want to be out there. So we're Get on my lap. I just want to say thank you so much, Renee, for the time that you came to be a part of Vibe New Mexico. I really wanted an, you know, just to... Look at something a little bit different than just, you know, the musician part of it, but an art. And your dancing is an art and your teaching is an art and everything that you've done for these girls. You've inspired so many to continue on this amazing road. You're definitely, you know, a staple in the community to help mentor these these girls. And everything that you've done is just so commendable. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. So many mamas out there are just so happy for what you've done for their girls and what you've done for their children, for their confidence, for their all kinds of different things. But you're also doing it in a way that brings them traditionally and culturally to a place that is very needed right now in this day and age. So I just want to say thank you so much for the time. Uh, I can't wait till 2021 and hopefully, God willing, we get back out there and things start to happen and get rolling again. And we continue to have fun and do the things that we love to do. And, and you do an amazing job at doing what you what you do. Well, thank you, Andrea, for having me and Anthony. And, and I think the biggest thing from the dancing is that I meet great people like you guys. Because I, I, I knew you from when you were younger. And I loved your music. And when you sang mariachi at Pauke High School. But I never really got to know you. And so I think because of dance and because you having your girls, it's created relationships. And I think that's one of the biggest things, too, that comes from having this group. So it's thank so you for being a good friend. Thank, and thank you. you for being such good people to us. We love you guys. Love you. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Charra fiesta del sol Donde los charros valientes Están con sus cantos la evocación El garipe su festejo Que huele a surco y a tradición Rueneado de la faena Más admirada de mi nación Bonito es el jaripeo y cuando es su animación Yo quiero montarle un toro para que me mire mi amor Upali 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 Yo quiero montarle un toro para que me mire mi amor Y así se canta en mi tierra verdad de los Aplaude con emoción Y 
coleado, muy bien coleado por don amor. Y Y me hagan sus lazadores, Torian la riata con gran primor. Bonito es el jaripeo y cuánta su animación. Yo quiero montarle un toro para que me mire mi amor. Upali upaliu, upali upaliu. Yo quiero montarle un toro para que me mire mi amor. La fiesta charra, fiesta del sol no, De los charros valientes dan con sus cantos la evocación El garipe su festejo que huele a surco y a tradición Relevo de la faena más admirada de mi nación Bonito es el jaripeo y cuanta su animación Yo quiero montarle un toro para que me mire mi amor Upali upaliu, upaliu upaliu Yo quiero montarle un toro para que me mire mi amor ah. 